0: the squadron they called him bullets but we call him greg kelly greg kelly is on the air on the red apple podcast network
1: was this a diss or what uh some rinky dink band uh in the middle east plays the national anthem for joe biden who just stands there with his hand on his heart and afterwards, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have blamed him if he walked over to the band leader and smacked him across the face on behalf of the United States of America. Uh, where was this? Was this in Saudi Arabia? No, this is in the Palestinian Authority. Is that where he was? Listen to this. The president of the United States. It sounds like the band is uh, from the Little Rascals. Go ahead. <laughs> It's, it's It's like some delinquent middle school. All right, stop. No band is that bad. Professional national musicians. I think they did this on purpose. I think they did it to make uh as a dis as a diss to the United States. It really <laughs> I mean, is it bad? Is it bad? Right? No? You guys think it's all right? Let me hear a little bit more. Huh? Oh. Take it from the top, that is. That's bad. That's really bad. I was in a band. This is bad stuff. Who do we... Should we declare war on somebody over this? Seriously, I can see it. Stop! That's enough. That's enough. Hey, remember when, what's her name, Roseanne Barr, sang the national anthem and it wasn't good enough, right? Didn't we deport her or something like that for like six months? She was in serious trouble. Somebody should be in serious trouble. And Joe Biden is standing there like a dunce. Uh, Next up, Saudi Arabia. And he's going to meet that... uh, MBS guy. What the hell does that stand? Mohammed bin Salam. What's his name? He is the head uh, dude in Saudi Arabia with the headdress on. I am not crazy about the fact that they, well, look, we need them as allies. We do. And uh, they took our side against Saddam Hussein back in 1990 and uh, ever since. So uh, the Saudis have their own way of doing business over there, and we just, uh, we don't like it. But uh, they're on our side. They got plenty of oil. Uh, We'd prefer it if they didn't run the country the way they do. But it's, it's, what are you going to do? I mean, you can't, not every country can be like America. It's just not going to happen. Now, what's he, the big question is, what's he going to do over there? Is he going to mention this uh, Khashoggi journalist who got cut up, possibly on the orders of this dude, the head of Saudi Arabia? Meanwhile, they've been—they probably chopped off a thousand heads since. You gotta sometimes do business with people you don't like, with uh, regimes you don't agree with, and uh, that's just the way it is. I don't expect much from uh, Trump, but hey, Ivana's dead, Ivana Trump. Happened just after uh, the news broke. Just after I got off the air yesterday, she was on her in her home and on East 64th Street on the Upper East Side and may have had a heart attack we don't know may have fallen down the stairs i always admired her and very early on in the 80s when i first was becoming aware of donald trump it was very much a partnership you know they they were they were a team and i thought that was really cool um, she's very smart hey i admire donald trump's taste in women quite frankly um a lot of things I admire about Donald Trump, but I think the women that he's chosen to be his uh, wives, they're all, all extraordinary, all beautiful. Um, two of them, at least, multilingual. It's always interesting when you talk to somebody who understands another language. They, they not always, but they tend to have a certain depth that uh, you don't always find. It's just, it's nice. And uh, the European stuff I like, you know, for all the talk about Trump being a xenophobe. No, that's uh, obviously not the case. Where is she from? The Czech Republic. I guess when she was born, it was called Czechoslovakia. And let's see, I got something here where she's just being really nice about Donald Trump. Um, Cut 38, please.
2: Don always had a great hat on his
3: shoulder, and I saw the potential. But you never know who's Don. You know, he goes in 10 years, whatever he built in 10 years is just so phenomenal that there are eventually going to be different fields which he's going to go into. And I never say never, and it might be politics one day.
1: Might be politics one day. It was, I remember being really surprised when they got divorced because they were such a team. They did all these uh, projects together. She was. Um, what she managed the Plaza Hotel. She was flying down to those casinos, uh, and everybody says, and I can attest to this: Ivanka, Donald Jr., Eric, they're just great kids. And she was a very involved mother, and I think the grandparents were also uh, really involved in everything. So seventy-three years old—that's that's really young by today's standards. So sorry. And I—I I met her once. I was really wow, wow. First, I saw her on the street back when I was in college. I was like, wow. And then uh, meeting her was really nice. Uh, This was during the campaign in 2016. And I liked how she still got along with uh, Donald Trump. Even shortly after the divorce, just a couple of years later. Remember that? Ivana, $100 million. It was a big, costly uh, uh, battle, and a lot of divorces are. But they worked it out, and they became allies once again this is really cool. They're divorced. Everybody knows they're divorced. And then they do a commercial together for Pizza Hut. And, like, at first, it seems like they're going to have an affair. Yeah. Ooh, X is having an affair. Do I have that commercial handy? Uh, yes, here it is. Cut 39, please. Cut 39. This is about 1995, uh, four years after they got divorced.
0: Do you really think this is the right thing for us to be doing, Ivana?
4: What
0: do your people think? Let them talk. It's wrong, isn't it? But it feels so right. Then it's a deal?
5: Yes, we eat our pizza the wrong way.
0: Crust first. Introducing stuffed crust pizza from Pizza Hut. With a ring of cheese baked into a totally new thinner crust, you'll want to eat it the wrong way. Crust first. I have the last slice. Actually, you're only entitled to half. Large is
1: $9.99. Get it? I just think that was so great. They owned it. Ah. Good stuff, good stuff. So, this is uh, bad news, and uh, what are you going to do? You know, first Robert Trump, the brother, he was kind of young, and uh, now Ivana, so we're sorry about that. Uh, What the heck else? Um, You heard about the 10-year-old girl who was raped in Ohio. Uh, There was some confusing word about this at first. Uh, I I think people wanted to exploit this story with... Various agendas, but at the end of the day, a 10-year-old girl was raped by allegedly the suspects in custody, a 27-year-old, who's an illegal immigrant, illegal, here illegally, and that's wrong, and Donald Trump warned us about that. He did right after he came down the escalator, and he said something that we all know to be true. But in today's world, if you say the truth, wow, people can't handle it. They don't want to hear it. Do you remember? Cut 29. They're not sending their best. They're not
0: sending you. They're not sending you. They're sending people that have lots of problems and they're bringing those problems with us. They're bringing drugs, they're bringing crime, They're rapists, and some, I assume, are good people.
1: Well, he was right. And Just think about it. People who come here illegally. I showed footage last night. People at night, four guys sneaking in, crossing that river. If you're going to come here illegally, there is a greater chance that you are a criminal. I mean, inherently, you are a criminal. By coming here illegally, that's a criminal act, so you're a criminal. But more inclined uh, for criminality. In other areas, I do believe. Oh, no, there's no data to say that. No data whatsoever. Shut up. How about using your mind and your common sense? So you heard what he said. Do you remember the aftermath? He said that, by the way, the day he declared. That was his declaration speech, June 16th, 2015. I was actually in the room. Uh, and uh, all hell breaks loose. Cut 30.
6: How can you succeed when you say things like that?
0: Well, you can't, again, Gail, if the question is how can you become president, you can't by saying things like that. 14 million people he's uh, smearing and maligning. That's wrong. And we have to say very, very clearly, all of us, that kind of stereotyping of 14 million people is not acceptable. On
2: the
1: very first day of Donald Trump's candidacy, when he referred to Mexican immigrants as criminals and rapists, his campaign has been characterized by extreme statements steeped in bigotry and bearing a tenuous relationship to facts. The mainstream media, you guys are the ones with that strained relationship to the facts. It's interesting. That last guy, I think that was Chris Hayes from MSNBC. He leaves off the part where Donald Trump is talking about illegals, illegally coming here. Illegally coming here. Illegally. That's an important distinction, don't you think? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it is. We love legal immigration. We love it. We love Myra Flores. Did you see her? She is on fire already. She was sworn in. She's the Mexican-born member of Congress from Texas, and uh, she is fantastic. The entire Texas delegation, all the Republicans got up, gave her a standing ovation. We love it. We love it. We love it. You come here legally. Gosh, I mean, I'm sorry, but sometimes, and I love people who were born here. I was born here. But there's something special about somebody who goes through the trouble to come here legally. There just is. And I think it's great. And they try to say we're xenophobes, we're we're racist, we're bigots. No, no, you don't get it. We are about ideas. We don't give a damn what you look like. We just don't. And I, quite frankly, we don't give a damn who you want to have sex with either. We don't give a damn about your genitalia. I know uh, so many people are obsessed with that these days, especially talking to children about that. Joe Biden. Oh, Yeah. I saw a more creepy video of him from just this past weekend. I thought he promised us that he was not going to be so touchy-feely anymore. He did, actually. He said, I won't be so touchy-feely anymore. Remember last, uh, during the campaign, that woman in Nevada complained that he got right up and smelled her hair? Which is a really peculiar fetish, by the way. But it is a fetish, and Joe Biden seems to seems to be into that stuff. Uh, all right, so what else? Uh, the media went nuts. And, ooh, 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 here's something. I actually really like Jim McGreevy. Governor Jim McGreevy. Ex-Governor Jim McGreevy. Now, you know, he's a Democrat. I'm not a Democrat. Uh, he leans left. I certainly don't. But he wrote a fascinating book. It's called The Confession. And, you know, he was in politics. He's married, but he he knows he's gay. He wants to keep it a secret. Suddenly everybody finds out. And uh, he resigns like two days later. Uh, And here's his, on the way out, here's that speech. Do you remember this? I asked some people in the office. Nobody remembered. It's amazing. Uh, To me, this was, I'll never even forget. I remember where I was when I saw it. It was a, I was in Florida. There was a hurricane about to come. And and this, uh, at the time, seemed very, very shocking. Cut 33, please.
5: My truth is that I am a gay American. And I am blessed to
0: live in the greatest nation. With the tradition of civil liberties, the greatest tradition of civil liberties in the world.
1: So people were just agape. Oh, my God. And you know what? He could not stay in power uh, being a gay American. And there were some other issues, I guess. But he writes in his memoirs that, you know, a lot of politics, people are drawn to it by the fame, by the attention. It fills other holes they may have in their life, and um, he says that, and I think it applies to a lot of politicians, especially these career ones, especially these ones who go into it, like Adam Kinzinger at the age of 20. I'm not saying he's gay, but I'm saying you know, if you need the adulation of strangers, when you have, oh, by the way, zero talent, it's one thing if you're a rock star. you got something to provide, something to show them, but if you're Adam Kinzinger and all you all you want is just, I don't know, to give boring speeches and have people give you money, there's something kind of fundamentally wrong with you. I'm sorry. That's the way I feel. Give me a moment. I'll be right back.
0: Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
1: Ouch. This is the National Band of Palestine. Is that right? They stink. You guys don't know this. I actually played the saxophone. This is wildly out of tune and bad. And they're playing it right before Joe Biden. He's standing there like a mope. They're playing it bad on purpose. Uh, Oh. Oh, and then he walks over to like shake the hand of the band director. You know what I would do if I were president? Let me see. What would I do? I'd arrange to I'd find out, number one, where they practice, where, where, where they, right? And then I'd make sure, don't worry, the moment nobody is in that concert hall, like at 3 in the morning, I'd send a cruise missile and blow up all their instruments. I would blow up their, uh, their little practice facility, just without a comment. You can't do that to the United States. That was horrible, and I think it was on purpose, Pamela has something to say about this. Pamela, am I overreacting?
4: Yeah, at least the Palestinians played more patriotic music than we get to hear in our own country nowadays.
1: Well, uh, there is that. they're
4: not the best of musicians, you know? Uh, You know, they were playing the different harmonies, and, uh, yeah, maybe their instruments were a little flat. But I don't think it was done on purpose.
1: Uh, I don't know about that, but anyway... uh... All right, I, I'm overreacting, I guess. Uh, yes, you're right. They played the national anthem. Nice gesture, I guess. Uh, maybe they don't. Uh, I mean, come on, no, that is. And they have these fancy uniforms and they're in formation. And I think it was, let's let it rip a little bit to diss the U.S. That's that's what I think is going on. I'm sorry. Hey, Pamela, do you does it bother you when I defend Governor Cuomo?
4: When you defend him?
1: So here's um, the deal. I I think think it bothers me
4: more when you defend the basketball player, okay? Oh, Brittany Griner? Yeah, that really ticks a lot of people off.
1: You know what? I'm sorry. Wait a second. Wait. Whoa, 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 whoa. Um, She's an American, and she's being held unfairly in Moscow. We need to get her home. People like me have been raising this concern earlier and louder than LeBron James, earlier and louder than this administration, Donald Trump, you know what? He brought back ASAP Rocky. Go ahead and look that guy up. You think he's got anything in common with Donald Trump? ASAP Rocky yes. is a notorious rapper. He got in trouble in when Sweden. He, he, did, he was no MAGA guy. It doesn't matter if they uh, if they turn their back on the flag, if they kneel. You know, I don't like it. Quite frankly, I no, think they should no. be fired for doing that, I but think, what?
4: I, I think if you're behaving like an ugly American and think you can do all that in other countries... Well, I guess you learn a lesson, don't you? Like those Singapore kids years ago went to Singapore and spit gum on the sidewalk. And that's why Singapore is no, so no, clean. No, 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 no. Like
1: I remember that. that. I remember that kid. I think he was from Jersey. His name was Fay, F-A-Y. And they whipped. What did they do? They whipped him. He 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 spray painted some graffiti on a, on a wall. And I'm all for punishment and this, that, and the other thing. Uh, but no, we don't subject a t- American teenagers to whipping by some foreign country. No freaking way. This is America. And we all don't have to agree. I don't like Brittany Griner and her opinions and this, that, and the other thing. But she's an American. Hands off the Americans. Bring them home right away. All right, Pamela. So if you don't mind that I uh, defend Cuomo, let me just point this out. Thank you, Pamela. See you later. Uh, Cuomo should have resigned uh, the moment he... Got that million-dollar book deal. I was absolutely appalled. I, I Later, even more so about the COVID situation. But one thing, this guy is no harasser. Girls actually like him. He wasn't forcing himself on anybody. And that phony baloney, ridiculous uh, attorney general, James, Tish James. Remember when she came out after practicing her lines? It looked like she was really trying to be in a movie, some sort of cheesy Uh, Hallmark movie. Let's listen to this. Uh, Cut 36, please.
3: The independent investigation has concluded that Governor Andrew Cuomo sexually harassed multiple women and in doing so violated federal and state law. Specifically, the investigation found that Governor Andrew Cuomo sexually harassed current and former New York State employees by engaging in unwelcome and non-consensual touching and making numerous offensive comments of a suggestive and sexual nature that created a hostile work environment for women.
1: Women. Ah, the moment you stick up for women, everything is is kosher. Just say you're sticking up for women. Well, how about sticking up for human beings? I don't care if you're a man or a woman. And I don't care. Look, I... I aim to please, but I also aim for the truth. Now, Cuomo is not a harasser. And I'm just going to turn that music down for one all right, we're going to have to wait until after the break. But this is good. Believe me, if they can do it to him, they can do it to you, they can do it to your son, your father, your brother, somebody you love, all right? And that that's what you got to worry about. It all trickles down. I'll be right back.
0: Kelly on the red apple podcast network
1: mm. peanut m ms are a gift. Wow, and we have a big vat of them for free, and you turn it on like a faucet and they come out of the vat into your hands or into a cup or into a bowl um, or um into a little bucket. I have a little bucket so. Um, all right, enough about the Cuomo thing. I just want to point this out. The guy's not a harasser. I want to remind people I didn't want him uh, after the book deal, but but he's no harasser. And that Tish James, whatever, uh, you know, if the government comes for you, you have very few options. Even if you're in government, you can turn on you, and they turned on him. And here is, according to the report, the person that Cuomo was talking to is sexual Assault survivor number four, right? Everybody was anonymous in this, right? Uh, Let's see here. Uh, This is when he's getting a COVID test in 2020, back when he was riding high. And this happened on national television, okay? This happened. The sexual harassment, this moment, they call this sexual harassment, and it happened on national TV. Cut 37.
5: There should be no reluctance.
6: This is Dr. Elizabeth Dufort. Was in the appropriate PPE wear. Nice to see
5: you, doctor. You make that gown look good. Head up.
1: You make that gown look good. That's it. That's part of the sexual harassment right there. Now, everyone's watching it on TV. No one. And I mean, no one in the world thought anything weird happened. You make that gown look good. But um, what does that make us all? Are we all complicit? Because we didn't uh, call the sexual uh, abuse hotline right then and there. Maybe we're all complicit, huh? That's not sexual harassment, all right? And all the pictures of him, he's just shaking hands, kissing the way people kiss. Meanwhile, Joe Biden on Saturday has some little kid, little girl, who's not his granddaughter on his knee, smelling, groping, touching. Right there we can all see it. It's amazing what they've done. What's true is false. What's false is true. Everything is backwards. And they're messing with um, fundamentals, the fundamentals, right and wrong. We know right. We know what is wrong. We can't let them win. And oh, by the way, what they have done to those cops on Capitol Hill. Now, these cops, unfortunately, well, They're not very good cops. And I think the Capitol Hill police, I said this yesterday, must be disbanded. The federal marshals need to come in and take it over. This department is beyond repair. Beyond repair. How they failed, letting those guys in. Hey, and of all people, of all people, you know who's talking about it? AOC. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. We don't agree on anything, but she's raising some very interesting points. I happen to agree with her. What about those cops who let people in? Hmm? And oh, by the way, they have guns now and they're still walking around the Capitol and they're weighing in on all kinds of issues. This is uh, Gunnell, Officer Gunnell. I think he's a sergeant now. He's still a Capitol Hill cop. Uh, Last summer, he testifies, and he's still very much, he was on MSNBC all week long, and he has a book deal, by the way. All right, so listen to this. Here he is uh, complaining about Everything. Cut 41.
3: The writers called me traitor, a disgrace, and shouted that I, I, an Army veteran and a police officer, should be executed. The writers were vicious and relentless. We found ourselves in a violent battle, desperate to attempt to prevent the breach of the Capitol. What we were subjected that day was like something from a medieval battle.
1: Um, I'm sorry, is fighting a riot beneath you. Somehow he thinks that he should be a cop, but not have to be involved in riots and putting them down. It's part of your job, pal. And yeah, crazy people, Uh, Antifa, Black Lives Matter, they often say terrible things to cops. Hey, they they say terrible things to me when I walk down the street all the time. Get over it see the cops in Los Angeles, Roe v. Wade, the other day. I don't see congressional hearings for them. Why can't we hear from them and the horrible names they're being called by the pro-abortionists? No, no, no. It's only the January 6th crowd. And he does not like Republican lawmakers. He does not like Trump. He does not like MAGA. Here he is complaining about Marjorie Taylor Greene and Matt Gates who went over to check on those January 6th prisoners. You remember, you know, they're still some of them are still in jail. They went over there and this guy feels so empowered that he's complaining. Remember, he's a security guard. I mean, forgive me, I love the security guards, but it'd be like get the security guard at the building coming up and, you know, complaining about my show and giving him a platform and a microphone and he's still looking at me every time I come in. By the way, the security guard is great. All right, Rocco and the others, they're they're great guys. But imagine if he had a beef with me and he was going on the news talking about it, and he still sat there as I came in every single day? Of course not. That's what's going on here. Listen to him. Cut 42. Uh,
3: we got people right now in front of the Justice Department asking to release some of the very same people to be released, even though we are testifying about the trauma and the agony and everything that happened to us. It's pathetic, and they shouldn't be elected official anymore.
1: Wow, huh? The security guard saying that they should not hold office anymore. That's what he said in a public hearing. Now, now, now. He's on TV. He's on Morning Joe, and he's got a book in the works. Somebody probably told him, hey, you got to tone it down a notch. Can't quite say that. Uh, listen to what he says now. And remember, he's still a cop. He still has a gun. Cut 43.
3: Uh, and then you have a lot of the people who we protected on on, on that day downplaying what happened. Uh, Sometimes I run into them in the hallway and then they pretend that not to see mm. me. Uh, they ab- mm. they avoid me or uh, bolt to the right or to the left or pretend to be doing something else. Uh, I'm not going to be com- confrontational. I don't hold any grudges. I mean, uh, I'm still going to be respectful to them, uh, but they they don't want to talk to me. Uh, I still want to ha- ha- do my job like I did on January 6th.
1: All right. So you get it. The congressmen and women are avoiding him. Well, here's the reason, dummy. You said they're pathetic and you said they don't belong in office anymore. And you're given more of a national platform than they are. When the hell did they invite Marjorie Taylor Greene on the Morning Joe show? They don't. They don't allow it. But they allow you and they allow Harry Dunn. You say you're not going to hold grudges? We know you hold grudges. You say you're not um, uh, confrontational? You seem like a very confrontational guy, actually, to me. Um, Now, look, this is how confrontational he is. He's commenting. A Capitol Hill security guard is commenting on legislation That has nothing to do with January 6th. He's weighing in on everything like he's on the morning, like he's a political pundit. This is insane. This shows you just how broken that department is. The Capitol Hill Police Department. I love cops. They got to be professionally managed. And they are being abused and exploited right now on Capitol Hill. Uh, Yep, here he goes. Uh, Officer Gunnell, what do you think about uh, the veterans bill, uh, legislation 292, cut 44? If you look at uh,
3: the the bill yesterday that they passed for uh, uh, helping the veterans, 80, 88 of them voted against uh, that particular bill, helping the veterans. I'm a veteran, too. But then they go out and publicly and say, well, we'll thank you for your service and this and this and that. Uh, and, and it's not true. Um, so I don't know why people keep believing that, that they are it's, for yeah. for something.
1: You see what I mean? You can't be. No, this is, this is out. This is out of control. Out of control. People can disagree on these programs. Legislators, people who have read the bill or have drafted the bill. I mean, <laughs> this is crazy stuff, everybody. Crazy stuff. And Republicans are just as bad as Democrats. I don't see any Republicans, quite frankly, sticking other than Trump and one or two others sticking up for Ashley Babbitt. Ashley Babbitt. This guy is sounding off on politics, politics, and he's still a cop. Oh, here's the deal, though. Here's the deal. He has a book. He has a book. He's making money. Cut 45.
3: Telling a lot of all those things, uh, my my journey from uh, coming uh, to the United States, uh, my service uh, in the upcoming book that I'm writing, uh, as of right now, I have it uh, titled American Treason. Uh, hopefully, uh, people will read it because uh, uh, I will be detailing a lot of things that happened uh, on January 6th and, and onward.
1: All right. American Treason. Just make sure your picture's on the cover, buddy. American Treason. Yeah, that would work. That would work. So, um here he is, and the fake news just kissing his. Ooh, um, uh, listen. I think is this Willie Geist? Willie, cut forty-six.
4: I guess for me.
1: Um, no, stop, 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 th- stop, stop, stop. stop. Where? Where is that Willie? Try the next one. Sergeant, you immigrated to this country from the Dominican Republic, as you write in your piece, and that was a big win for our country, I must say. Sergeant Acolino said it so well, they are the ones who will have to look themselves in the mirror. They are the ones who have to figure out how to sleep at night living with the fact that they were abject cowards and can't even reach out to tell him. How grateful they are that he helped to save their lives. Thank you for what you did that day. I'm so sorry that it's caused you so much pain and cost you your job in in law enforcement. But you've done nothing but serve this country since the day you got here. Wow, huh? That's, um, that's laying it on really thick, isn't it, Willie? Why is he doing that? I'll tell you why in a second here. Uh, and he keeps going. He's not done. Uh, 48. Know that the vast majority of us are so very grateful, even if a few cowards won't say the same to you. Thank you, Sergeant, for being here today. We appreciate it. Why is he kissing ass like this? And the same goes for uh, Mika. Roll that Mika clip 46, I think.
4: I guess for me, um, the feeling of abandonment that this man is experiencing is just there's such a lack of humanity at play here among Trump's followers, and I include top-ranking Republicans who won't speak out or reach out to someone like Sergeant Gannell and thank him for his service and validate what happened. I mean, this is not human. This is this is a lack of humanity that I'm shocked by. I really am.
1: I really am. I really am. No, you're not. No, you're not. Yeah, I, <laughs> Humanity. How about Ashley Babbitt, who was killed, unarmed woman, killed, shot and killed. We saw it on TV. You guys never say her name. You guys don't care. In part, in part, because she lacks status. She came from a working-class family. She doesn't have money. And, oh, yeah, she's white. She's a white woman. And you know what they call them these days, especially if they're bold and tenacious. Right? What do they say? Huh? Karen. Karen. They call them Karens, Karens, which is a horrible, horrible, horrible thing to say. Oh, so why are they doing that? Why did you hear that? I mean, just talk about the pandering, the nobody talks like that. Thank you for everything you have done. Oh, my gosh. We cannot even begin to thank you. Well, here's what's going on. That show, Morning Joe, is anchored by three people, three white people mika joe and willie and uh that's not really uh very chic anymore is it not too many morning teams you can find these days that's all white all white is not all right so uh they're going to be diversifying that team very very soon uh mika is expendable willie's expendable i guess morning joe joe scarborough if they're going to keep the show i guess he's not expendable but expect a lot more diversity very soon. And uh, I guess Willie and Mika are bending over. Why? Because who's making the decisions? There's a guy named Cesar. Cesar Conde, who happens to, I guess he's Latino. And he's made it quite clear. Half of this place are going to be people of color before I'm done with it. He's all about what people look like, not what they bring to the table. Granted, Mika and Willie bring nothing to the table. The only thing that Willie brings to the table is the name Willie. And people think it's interesting. I mean, it's just... uh, How can you say what he just said and do the straight news? Remember, they still pretend they're straight news. Fascinating to me. Wow. Wow. He called people who don't agree with him cowards. Again, if Willie wants to, um, I don't know, get a primetime show and say, hey, I'm Willie Geist, I'm a liberal, uh, uh, left-leaning, virtue-signaling apologist for being white, Uh, go for it. Absolutely go for it. I'll have nothing to say about him. He'll be conspicuous about his bias, just like I am, by the way. I lean right. I'm pro-Trump. I like his policies. I like his style. And I think this country is having a hideously dishonest conversation about race to avoid having... An important and helpful conversation about race, all right? I'm pretty upfront about that, both here and on the Newsmax Show, which, by the way, is on at 10 o'clock, even on Fridays. I know during the summer months, a lot of anchors love to head for the beach on a Friday. Not me. I'll be there tonight, 10 o'clock. I'll be there Monday, Tuesday, all summer long, all right? Can't take your foot off the gas. I'll be right back.
0: Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh,
1: uh, phones, Chris Chris is standing by in Westwood, New Jersey. Chris, hi. Chris, hi. Press the button, please. Chris, are you there? With me, Greg? Yes, now I am. Hi. What's going on? All right. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Big fan of your show. What's up? Uh, Jim McGreevy. Uh, just a little, because it was a while ago, just want to make sure we're yeah, we all remember what he did. Uh Golan Sapel. No, I know <laughs> he had an affair with the Golan Sapel and he was unqualified for that position. He's from Israel. He was a kind of a crazy person and he got and he mixed up with them. And oh. yes, yes, it's all in the book by the way. It's all in his book The Confession. It's called The Confession. All right? So he has confessed. I know all the details. It's all part of the public record now. And uh I still like the guy, Governor McGreevy. I do. Um, I don't necessarily like his political positions this, that and the other thing, but he's, um, I, and I also appreciated the insight, the honesty that he said, how much he got from campaigning the validation from other people. And I think a lot of politicians go in it for that kind of thing to be, it's a chance at fame. Uh, some of them want to do the right thing, good things, but some of them just like the attention. I think he was motivated by doing good things, but also by the attention. And he talks about that. Uh, so I know the story. And uh, so, and I think we all do. Uh, I'm not shocked by it anymore. It's almost 20 years ago. Anyway, what else did you want to say? Well, it, it's really the McGreevy thing. I uh, basically agree what? I basically agree with you on everything. It's a McGreevy thing that had me a little bit. Uh, well, yeah, I, but- I guess, I guess, dude, what are we going to do for the rest of our lives? Throw rocks at him? I mean, you know, he he, he resigned. All right, he left. He uh, was in trouble for a long time. Now he works with prisoners, and he does other things. He's got to put do something with the rest of his life, and he's being very, very productive. I mean, so yeah, I, I, you know, not everybody, you know, there's a little good and bad in everybody, I think, and uh, hopefully the good side wins. So I would urge you to, you know, not hold a grudge forever, and you know what, you may want to, you may want to buy his book. It's called The Confession. It's interesting, and um, there's more to it than what you've been told. That's all. All right. What? Does he, does he talk about his, his wife and the whole the He talks about, he, talks about, he talks about both of his wives. He was married to uh, Dina, and before that he was married to a woman named uh, Carrie. He talks about his relationships. He talks about the anonymous sex with men. It's all in there. It's all in there. So I understand, you know, oh, uh, McGreevy, he's a bum. Oh, McGreevy, I remember that. And you want to fill me in on the details that I already know, by the way. All right? So I know that story. It's in there. There's also a lot of interesting things in there and a lot of things that may make you just, wow, you know? Wow, how about that? He's talking about that. He also says some very interesting things about faith and God and Jesus. So I highly recommend it. All right, Chris, check it out and call me back. Would you do that? I may. All right. You, think no. about it. Think about it. All right. All I, right. I got to okay. take another one. Let's go to uh, Danny in Long Island. Danny, hi.
0: Hey, Greg. Good afternoon. Hello. Uh, to, to the sergeant, I like to thank him for his service in the uh, armed forces, whatever
1: branch he was in. As far as his service in the police department, let's let, let's not. I, I don't want to demean a fellow member of the service. I was I was a lieutenant under your father in the NYPD. My father was a fo-
0: cop. My brothers, through my sons, they're security guards. They've never done a day's police work in their life. I spent a week up in Washington Heights riot, Crown Heights riot. My son spent 60 days in Manhattan last summer, battling for his life every night. This guy's weeping over an hour and a half in his life where he was never in any danger. It's an embarrassment to the law enforcement profession. He's a pol- hes a political hack, and that's why he's on the radio or the television. Everybody knows it, and
3: that the whole thing is a is a joke, and nobody's even watching. That's my—that's my official comment on this idiot. Uh, <laughs> well,
1: listen, you're spot on. I mean, with the, I would say you're 95 percent right. I mean, primarily it's a security guard position. Bad things have been known to happen on Capitol Hill. You know, we lost a Capitol Hill police officer in April. A crazy Islamic uh, extremist terrorist uh, ran a car into a Capitol Hill cop. Two Capitol Hill cops were gunned down in the late 1990s. So bad things can happen. they got to be on guard. It is a high-value target. But essentially, yes, it's a security. It's more of a security job than anything else, a security guard. Hey, you need security guards. Uh, Let's see here. Uh, Kelly and wall township hi
6: yes hi greg
1: yes hi
4: hi i'm just calling uh a little ways back you were talking about the president um and uh the band that was playing yeah
1: the music you uh, want to I hear don't... it again let's hear it again it's actually, so terrible no. it's so terrible hold on just go ahead
3: I'm in no way
1: of... ow it's so bad all right kelly what do you want to say about this music
4: i am in no a musician, but I knew from the first note that it was really bad. The problem I have is that the president of the United States, our United States, is in another country and probably had no clue how badly that band was playing our national anthem because he has no clue in general.
1: You know, you're probably right about that. He He's not a sophisticated person. He's not a regular guy. He's he's all over the map. He's such a weird personality, and he's so inauthentic. I've never heard him say anything authentic. You know, it's all like weird, arrogant. Uh, 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 what do you call it? Uh, what do you call that? Humble bragging. He does a lot of humble bragging, but he he would not have the you know the skill of the ordinary man on the street. would hear that song and like look at his buddy and say what the hell's going on he wouldn't know how to do that granted you know it's a diplomatic situation maybe you couldn't do that but i don't think he even noticed how bad that music was kelly you are correct real quick what do you do for a living
4: i am a school nurse and uh, i'm a proud american
1: i love it i love it i used to fake illnesses with you guys all the time i'll be right back Greg Kelly,
0: entertaining and informative. On the Red Apple Podcast Network.
1: You know, talking to that guy who had all that stuff to say about Governor McGreevy, former Governor McGreevy, um, and he's talking about newspaper headlines from a long time ago, and I suggested read the book, man, read the book. I know all those headlines, so do you. I decided to read his book. I love actually reading books. You know, everybody, everybody is just kind of skimming around on their phone, You know how few people actually take the time to read uh, either a book or the actual document, the opinion from the Supreme Court or the legislation or whatever? You spend a little bit of time doing that. You will be smarter and better informed than anyone, and I mean anyone in the fake news, any of them. They don't have the time. They don't have the inclination. They don't have the curiosity. They just want it. They want it as easy as possible They want some campaign to email them a clip, and then they'll post it, and that's it. That's it. They just look at their inbox, and they screw around, and they gossip. You spend a little bit of time reading this stuff, you will be smarter than anyone, anyone in the fake news. I highly, highly recommend it. Hey, the other thing, uh, there's actually one book. Well, I must admit, I I never made it through the entire book, but there was one little gem, and I've shared it with you before, but... There's a guy named Jordan Peterson, a professor of psychology out of Canada, and he's become this international sensation. Um, You know, he's not politically correct. He's uh, incredibly smart. I guess he first rose to prominence when Canada had this law that you must use the transgender pronouns. You have to use those pronouns. You had no choice. And he refused. He absolutely refused. And, you know, the more he spoke about, it, I'm like, you know what? He's absolutely right. The government can't force you to speak in a certain way. Well, but wait a second. Trans people. Trans people would be be offended. So? You know, I mean, offense? <laughs> you don't want to be offended. Stay home. And then they were trying to say, well, that's invi- that's encouraging violence. No, it's not encouraging violence. And, and Dr. Peterson was happy to call... Transgenders, whatever the hell they want to be called, but uh, didn't want to be c- compelled to do so by the state, and I thought that was remarkable. Hey, and also I'll just point out, you know, this whole thing about transphobia. Uh, they accused Senator Hawley this week of being transphobic. Do we have that clip, by the way? Let's let's revamp that trans. It was really interesting, but he had a he was stumped. She said, "Do you think?" Senator Hawley, do you think men can have children? And he said, no. And she said, well, that means you're transphobic. And that means you're encouraging violence against trans people. And he's like, what the hell are you talking about? Well, a woman who transitions to a man can actually have children. Are you kidding me? Are you crazy? Let me get this straight. A woman who transitions to a man is going to have her breasts removed. They do that. I actually know somebody who did this. At the age of 50, they decided to become a man and had their breasts removed. You know, and my heart broke. There are women out there, you know, breast cancer, who have to have them removed against their will. And because it's cool right now, because this is a way to get on the LGBTQ spectrum, this is a way that you can be celebrated uh, by the woke left or whatever. So this person had their breasts removed and a couple of other things done, I assume, to become a man. All that to say, I don't have transphobia, but I am, I will say this, I am very awkward around trans people. I feel awkward. I certainly do. And you do too. Absolutely. Especially how sensitive they are. Oh my God. You, if you don't say exactly what they want to hear, and by they, I mean plural, they, not their preferred pronoun, they, they in the typical sense You're in trouble. I am. I I do feel awkward. I don't understand it. And I especially when it's like, well, what are you exactly? I mean, I think that. I know not to say that. Are you? I mean, and by the way, do you think? Oh, jeez. And I see it all the time now. Yes, see it all the time. And it's a sickness. It literally is a psychiatric illness. And it's being encouraged. It's like... It's like telling anorexic girls, "Oh, you think you're fat? You're right. Why don't we help you lose a little bit more weight?" That's what society is doing to people who think they might have or who might have some gender confusion, dysphoria, right? "Oh, you have a little confusion. Let's 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 castrate you. Let's take off your breasts forever." It's really crazy stuff. Hey, I got to say something to the nurse from a little while ago, uh, Pamela. No disrespect when I said I faked illnesses in school. Uh, I did do that a lot, actually. And the f- school nurse could figure it out and uh, usually sent me back to class. But there is one thing. I gamed the system this way. Um, do you remember when they would check for lice? Do they still do that? They you still do that in school where they take the tongue depressors and they go through your hair to look for lice? I think it's a state-mandated test. You ever notice anything about that? It feels great. It's like a little head mas- it's a little scalp massage. I was nine years old. I was in heaven. This beautiful nurse is, you know, with the tongue depressors for five minutes, looking for, oh, please. And so what I would do is, I go to the teacher. I said, I just found a very strange bug in my hair. They'd send me to the nurse's office right away. And that meant 10 minutes of heaven, 10 minutes of a beautiful uh, head massage. I was totally faking it. I never found any bugs in my hair. I was really kind of crazy about washing my hair. Uh, remember how popular and big shampoo was? Who remember? All right, never mind. That's something else. Uh, let's see. Oh, I think we're going to have to get very acquainted with Gavin Newsom. Because I think he's probably gonna be the nominee in twenty twenty four. Joe Biden we know is out. Now who's it gonna be? Um who comes to mind? Who could do it? Who ran the last it can't be Kamala, we know that. Who else is there in the Democrat I mean Hillary, Hillary's gonna look into it, but sorry, way too much baggage. Most Democrats can't stand her. That's not happening. I don't think that's gonna happen. I'm not 1,000% certain, but I'm pretty sure. Buttigieg, um, I think he's going to have the same problem in South Carolina that he had the last time, if you know what I mean, okay? Um, and what do I mean by that? Well, I actually mean that um, large segments of the black community are not comfortable with a gay white man. I'm sorry, but that's true. We have the polls to back it up. And you can look at his success in Iowa, Pete Buttigieg, and you can look at what happened to him in South Carolina, and that is a reasonable person's takeaway. Uh, So I know there are a couple of other people. Michael Bennett from Colorado, who cares? No, it's not going to be. Probably going to be Gavin Newsom, who's been in politics since the age of 19. He's a rich kid, I think. He was in the wine business. Did even uh, He's just like a layabout. Good-looking guy, tall. And um, you gotta, I got to give him some credit. He dreamed of being governor. He dreamed of making a splash in politics, and he did. But like most politicians, he is the proverbial empty suit. I, I, I find that, you know, I tweeted a couple of weeks ago a story about uh, just a picture of Joe Biden from back in the day, and I, I put one word up there, or two words, empty suit. And it did very well. It got like 10,000 likes and all kinds of comments. Because empty suit is not a term you hear anymore. You heard it a lot in the 80s and 90s. You don't hear it as much anymore. Empty suit to me is a kind of a a shallow, vacuous executive who's faking it. And that's just 99% of all politicians. They know how to smile. Uh, they know how to ask you for money. Uh, they know how to pretend to look like they know what's going on, but they don't. I found this great article about the empty suit. It's in the Business Journal. It's from a couple of years ago, but it still applies. Listen to this. When interviewing to fill an executive position, beware of false confidence. The executive interview process places a huge premium on executive presence. People look for gravitas, charisma, and people who are comfortable in their own skin. Interviewers like the sound of a crisp, confident, polished answer to a question so when someone looks the part and speaks confidently, you enter a dangerous part of the interview where you might let your guard down and start asking the candidate his philosophy on managing or what he thinks of your company's strategy. Empty suits ace most interview questions. They know how to work a conference room. Their answers are always smooth and polished because they built their entire career by knowing exactly the right words or kinds of words to inspire confidence ...and taking credit for the work of others. They know the right buzzwords and how to speak at length while committing to very little. But like a con artist, that's all they have. There is nothing behind an empty suit's rhetoric. Now, effective executives are different. They pay less attention to appearances. They don't spend their time polishing answers to philosophical questions. Some of their interview answers can sound a bit less confident than the empty suit... Because their answers rely on precision and nuance. Excuse me. Isn't this brilliant? <clears throat> I love this. <coughs> Excuse me. They built their career driving results and being accountable for outcomes, meaning this, this, these are the effective executives, by the way. They built their careers on driving results and building accountable, being accountable for outcomes, meaning they have made lots of mistakes and learned some hard lessons along the way. The least competent people, the empty suits, spend their energy avoiding accountability and therefore can't learn from mistakes so they don't admit to. Uh, Because they never admit to mistakes, they overestimate their abilities. Uh But effective executives feel responsible for outcomes, including mistakes they did not personally make. So their learning curve is dramatically accelerated. Consequently, they realize how much there is to learn and they underestimate how talented they are. So how can you tell whether you are interviewing an empty suit or an effective executive? The real value in behavioral interviewing is in the follow-up question. Anyone can answer, tell me about your greatest achievement, but find, but you find the real gold by effectively following up on their answer. One, how did you achieve that? Two, what was your role on the team? Three, what decisions did you make in the face of uncertainty? Four. What mistakes did you make and what did you learn from them? Five, how did you measure measure your success? You will ultimately, you will immediately see that effective executives are much more concrete and thoughtful in their answers. Their heads are full of the metrics they use to measure their progress. They give ample credit to their team and often sound quite humble about their own role. But when the buzz saw of follow-up questions arrives, the empty suits lose all their false confidence it's almost painful to watch a succession of admissions that they do not really know how any of the results were achieved in their organization. Fascinating. Fascinating. And you know what's fascinating when you think about it? Joe Biden does not, does not sit for interviews. He does those phony press conferences. And what do those press conferences lack? Follow-up questions. Follow-up questions. Oh, gosh, I'd love to do that. Oh, I'd love to interview him. Uh, Oh, thank you. Thank you to this writer. Who the hell wrote that? That's very smart. Who wrote this? Some guy named Bob Corlett. Bob, C-O-R-L-E-T-T. Got to find him on Twitter. If you know him, um, tell him I said, uh, well done, and give me a moment. Your calls when I come back.
0: Greg Kelly. On the Red Apple Podcast Network.
1: Ah, just like Rush, just like Rush used to do. Friday phones. uh, Eric is in Manhattan. Hi, Eric. Uh,
0: Hey, Greg. Um, You were saying yesterday about running as a Democrat. You know, you could be the Democrat that a lot of people have been waiting for. You know, Um, my guy like Tulsa Gabbard, I thought it might be her for a minute, but she was too hard on Trump, I, I thought. Maybe a little bit overly so.
1: You know, listen, I'm no Democrat in terms of my, you know, look, I would just do it for political expediency, quite frankly. Uh, You know, I mean, I I'm an independent right now. Uh, There are a lot of positions there, but I'm sorry. We got a one party rule here in New York. So I I, if I run for mayor, I I don't see not doing it as a Democrat. Uh, You know, I'm not going to do it uh, for an ego trip. I would do it to win. it would be a huge sacrifice. But if nobody else is up to it, uh, I just might have to do it. Are there other people who are more qualified to be mayor? Yes. Are there other people who uh, have a better chance of being elected than than me? Actually, I'm not so sure about that. So, uh, you know, it is what it is. Uh, <laughs> but, Eric, thank you very much. Uh, thank you, buddy. Uh, let's see here. Uh, uh, sorry about this. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Uh, Amanda in Norwalk, Connecticut. Hi.
4: Hi, Greg. Thanks for having me on. Sure. Um, first of all, I think the problem in America is we uh, celebrate celebrity. Everybody wants to be famous. Everybody wants to post everything on Instagram. And we've lost all sense of morals and all sense of civility. Um, And what you said about uh, Gavin Newsom dreaming about being governor, uh, you don't dream to be governor. You work to be governor. You work. That's the problem. Joe Biden dreamed to be president. He's never worked to be president. He was dumb and angry since the day he got into uh the senate. Um I think Tulsi Gabbard would be a great uh presidential um candidate and she tried the first but they they ruined her, you know, and she got smart. I mean, you have to be you have to have a huge ego to want to be president or or even like you said, you'd be a great mayor because you have integrity, you have civility, and that's what we're lacking. America doesn't doesn't celebrate those those values and those morals, and that's the decline of America. Well, hold
1: on. Let me just ask you about the civility part. I mean, how do you define civility? I don't know if I'm the most civil guy. I mean, civility uh, civility is code, I think, for boring sometimes. It's code for go along and get along. Um, I mean, I agree with you in spirit, but I know what you're getting at. But the civility thing, quite frankly, I think it might be a little bit overrated uh just a little bit just a little bit um at least in the political realm politics is about conflict that's okay we have a an adversarial system so i think it's okay you know the civility part i don't know i don't know
4: that's a matter of semantics what i'm using the wrong word but like we have to respect one another, and so like we're not getting it. You know, Congress isn't getting anything done. We don't get any. You know, it's it's a one-sided thing. Even Republicans don't don't aren't able to listen to Democrats. Democrats certainly don't listen to Republicans. We're not getting. We're at a we're at an impasse. We we're not getting any. None of the politicians are getting anything done for the people. It's all about again. It's about. What we celebrate, I think the, the the politicians that are doing the best job, the Joss Hollies, the Tom Cottons, those are the ones that really care about the American people. I don't think they care as much about being in office for the rest of their lives. And I think that we have to change that whole concept of, you know, they have to we have to demand that they work for the people and not for themselves.
1: Yeah. No, those guys are so talented. They could work somewhere else. And do very well. I think there is a, a personal sacrifice and, and care for the country, uh, but these others, I mean, there's so many. Just, I mean, they're they're nothing without politics. Nothing. Uh, AOC, for instance. So, Amanda, a lot of great points there. I don't know how to get the kids off of Instagram. I am worried about that. The allure of the phone, and what's that doing? And the the you know the people wanting to be famous for the sake of fame. Those Kardashians, and it's almost a cliche to complain about them, but. Can't be overstated the harm they've done to this country, to young, primarily young women, young women and girls. Would you agree, Amanda?
4: Yes, it's been the dumbing down of America. It's been the worst thing that's happened to America. We have been dumbed down by reality TV, and people have just sit around and watch those stupid reality shows. And and so so what we what we um, want in our lives it's just lowered our bar for like 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 what you said asking the secondary questions asking that follow-up questions we america doesn't do that because we've been so dumbed down to to be beautiful to take a picture of our next meal to um post how many friends we have i mean i mean it's just we've been so dumbed down it's it's And so,
1: well, you and I don't have to fall for it. We don't have to go. Hey, one thing as you're talking, I realize, and I'm not saying I'm, I guess I am kind of proud of it. I don't watch any television, none, zero. I have it. There are three TVs on right now. I, you know, they got their news on, but the sound is off. I don't watch any reality TV. I don't watch any of those stupid Netflix shows. I know they're good. I know they're addictive, but there's just, there's only so much time in the day and I'd rather create. I'd rather contribute. I'd rather communicate with my loved ones or my audience. I don't need to consume that junk. And I think all of us could probably step away and lead more productive lives. Amanda, thank you. A lot of great, a lot of great stuff here. Uh, I, oh, I do have one more in me. Uh, uh, Gil in Forest Hills. Hi, Gil.
6: Thanks, Greg. Uh, Greg, I remember in 1994, uh, George Pataki was given very little chance to
3: defeat Cuomo, uh, and yet he prevailed. Now, uh, Cuomo is a colossus compared to Kathy Hochul, and I think that Lee Zeldin can win.
0: However, ever since he won the nomination, he really seems to be on
6: vacation. He's got to be out there pressing the flesh. He has to be very
0: energetic. I think it was Michael Goodwin of the Post, or it might have been Dick Morris, who said if he can win 30% of the vote in New York City, he'll win He'll
3: win the governorship.
1: I'd love to see it happen. You know, sometimes these guys are more active than it looks like. I had my own sense of that myself. I had him on the show earlier this week. He's a great guy. He'd be light years better than Hochul. Lee Zeldin, we're rooting for you, and I'm sure you're busy as hell. Stay busy. We'll be right back. Uh-
0: Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
1: Hey, Uh, Joe Biden made it down the steps without falling down. He's meeting those Arabs over there in Saudi Arabia. Uh, Hey, I'll say this. I'm glad he did it, actually. He took off his sunglasses before he got to the bottom of the steps or before he actually because that's very insulting over there i got a lot of customs. That, interesting. You know, you're not allowed to show your feet in public, like the underside of your foot. That's very, you know, if you sit with your legs crossed, that's very disrespectful. Sunglasses, very disrespectful. Uh, Interesting system over there. Hey, AOC, for all of her craziness, and there's some craziness in this clip you're about to hear, but there's most of what she's saying I actually agree with. AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. So she's a... House member, obviously. And she's like saying, what the hell is up with these Capitol Hill cops? Because we saw them let people in. They did. Now, I have my own theory about why that happened. She has hers. I disagree with it. But listen to this. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez cut three.
2: I really just can't help but think about all of that footage and evidence that we saw the day of. All these Capitol Police officers helping and being sympathetic to the insurrectionists on january 6th and everyone just decided it was too politically difficult to deal with so they all just brushed it under the rug and to this day there has never been an investigation into that never so as a result we have no idea which officers are safety around we have no idea if if any of those officers and the ones holding Massive weapons were were with were with that crowd or if they weren't, but if you raise questions about that or if you don 't feel safe it 's construed as you attacking the entire institution of public safety. Riddle me that
1: um, there's a lot there that I do agree with um, I have my own theories it wasn 't that the police let them in because they sympathized. I think they may have been ordered to. I think they were told to let them in. But that they are still there and it has not been investigated. There were massive, massive failures. Why haven't they been investigated? Why wouldn't they do that? And she's also right that if you raise these questions, you are threatened with, oh, my gosh, how can you not support the police? I mean, believe it or not, they say that about me all the time. Oh, Greg Kelly doesn't back the blue because he's, he's not buying Officer Fanon's crap. And I can understand her feeling a little bit awkward around uh, some of these guys. uh, Like, I would understand the Republicans feeling awkward around, uh, uh, who's this guy, Uh, Big Harry Dunn, cut 40. I use an analogy to describe what I want as a hitman.
3: If a hitman is hired and he kills somebody, the hitman goes to jail. But not only does the hitman go to jail, but the person who hired them does. There was an attack carried out on January 6th and a hitman sent them. I want you to get to the bottom of that.
1: Oh, anything else we can do for you, uh, Harry Dunn? You, <laughs> the security guard is telling the protectee what to do. It really is wild. And there's a uh, Ganell calling. Here he is. I mean, he's talking about uh, Gates. Uh, what's his name again? Harry Gates. What's that guy's name from... Uh, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene and uh, Gates, uh, that, that really, the, the firebrand, uh, Congressman Gates. Let's see here. A cut 20, 42, 42.
3: We got people right now in front of the Justice Department asking to release some of the very same people to be released, even though we are testifying about the trauma and the agony and everything that happened to us. It's pathetic, and they shouldn't be
1: elected official anymore. It's pathetic, and they shouldn't be elected official anymore. Who the hell are you? And by the way, it was Matt Gates. I couldn't think of it. Hey, by the way, Matt Gates. he's still in power, still doing a great job. Wasn't he going to be arrested for uh, sex with teenagers or something like that? That was a smear job. Totally fake. Totally fake. What federal law enforcement is doing to some of these guys... You know, when the government comes after you, wow, watch out, watch out. All right, it is Friday, and we're emphasizing the phones today. Let's go to Connie in New Jersey somewhere. Hi, Connie.
6: Hi. Um, how you doing, Greg?
1: I'm all right, Connie. What's happening?
6: Well, I get nervous when I talk to you, but I have been watching all this, and I'm so uh, disgusted with my my uh, America because so many people are not really American, you know.
1: Well, what do you uh, uh, I, be specific? What's going on?
6: Okay, um, I was watching Long be you know, with uh, the politics, and um, when Obama was in, he had a woman called um, Samantha Powers, and she practically lived with michelle and obama and obama
1: so uh michelle is she wait a second she's the redhead long red hair and i think she worked at the u.n yeah she was the ambassador to the u.n all right what about her
6: yeah well she um she were she lived with them practically um and now that um uh, obama's gone which i don't think he is um biden Uh, hired her right after Susan Wright. And uh, I want to tell you, she had a book out called A Problem from Hell, America and the Age of Genocide. And she, he hired her with the... uh, Yeah, she's
1: at USAID, I believe. All right, uh, keep going.
6: And um, she um, now holds the uh, um, title of... U.S. aid, I-A-D, yeah. administer, ambassador powers will be powerful force for uplifting the vulnerable and ushering in the new era of human progress and development for advancing America globally. Okay. And that's probably uh, what you see south of the border. So – um I was, you know, that's, I'm not happy with that at all until, uh, Monday night in PBS. Uh, there she was and she's, um, you know, telling all about her history.
1: All right. Hold so, on a second. Wait, 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 read that thing off the website again. It sounded kind of benign. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't have a beef with it, but go ahead and read that again. What you just read.
6: Um, and, Uh I she's a U.S. aid ambassador, is that the one? Yeah, yeah. Keep going. Uh, In a new era of human, a new era of human progress and development, and advancing America' interests globally.
1: Yeah, just like I said, that's that's a pretty that's a pretty benign statement. I mean, how can you argue with that?
6: Well, you can't argue with it. But if you look into it, in the way she's been working with Obama, and Obama was doing the same thing that. In fact I I almost said Oh Biden because I keep calling him that. Yeah, listen,
1: I am deeply I, says, <laughs> Excuse me. I mean, look. They don't want America to be a superpower anymore. Open borders, they want the cheap labor. They want the votes. She's probably in on that. She said some radical things over the years. I don't recall any of them right now. Um she I do remember she was in a car in Africa and she ran over a kid that wasn't very nice uh so anyway uh, why do you fixate on this person there are a lot of freaks in this administration why her
6: well because uh the fact that they she was so close to the the um
1: i mean Obama. she's not the only one there's susan rice is in there right now susan yeah. rice is susan in the white rice. house right now closer than samantha power Biden was the vice president for crying out loud under Obama. I mean, he's, you know, there are uh, Ron Klain, all these people, they all had big key jobs under Obama and they're still hanging around. And like you said at the top, I think Obama's still calling the shots. All right. Final word.
6: Final word. I think with uh, her uh, getting on television and telling about herself, I think she's going to, you know, advance.
1: Okay. We'll be watching. Thank you, Connie. Mike is in Comac. What's up, buddy?
5: Yes, in regard to the uh, Capitol Police officers uh, committing suicide, I find that kind of like odd that five or six of them would commit suicide. That's according to Reuters.
1: Yeah, it's an absurdly high number for such a small force in such a short amount of time. I agree. What else? Could
5: could they have uh, been witness uh, to something that uh, they didn't They didn't want them to be a witness for?
1: Uh, I'm not going to rule anything out. I'm not going to rule anything out, including that it was like, you know, a non-job related suicide. But I tend to doubt that. I don't know. I don't know, Mike. It's one of the many questions. So many weird things about January 6th. Uh, So many crazy things. Give me another. Give me something else. No,
5: that's uh, Uh, that's it. All right, Mike. Thanks for calling. Rick is
1: standing by in Paramus. Hi, Rick.
5: Yeah, Greg, I wanted to tell you that since uh, the Elon Musk uh, purchase uh, is put on hold or, you know, what, whatever the situation there is, you have literally almost disappeared from my Twitter feed.
1: Uh, hmm. hmm. You think I'm shadow you banned? a
5: bunch of other people.
1: Well, look, I gotta tell you guys something. I gotta admit, uh I have dialed it back a little bit on Twitter. I'm not tweeting like I used to in part because, yeah, he's gone. I was so excited when he got it, when it looked like he was gonna get it, and Twitter freaked out. They had to undo all the you know restrictions they placed on my account. My followers shot up, but now that right after he backed out or whatever. I started to see the decay again, losing followers and I'm like, you know what? Enough with this crap. And I don't like being I don't like being manipulated by somebody else. So somebody else is doing the tweeting for me, to be honest, between you and me. I give them the content. Those are my words. But I don't actually do it myself anymore. I gave it to someone else. I gave somebody else my password. It was getting a little bit addictive. So uh I don't do it as much. Did you notice that look 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 back? My my tone has also lightened up oh, so a bit. You
5: you've been you've been cutting down yourself. Okay. Yeah,
1: yeah, I've been cutting down myself. However, um yeah, I've been cutting down, but not that much. I think I do actually think you were right to begin with. I'm just telling you, oh by the way, I'm not tweeting like I used to. I'm not doing it myself. Someone close to me is doing it. And uh the other thing I wanted to say about that is I do think that what happened with Musk had an impact on people like me, conservative Twitters, tweeters. Definitely, 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 definitely. I mean, there's, why am I losing a couple of hundred followers a day? You know what I mean? Why was it going up every single day until that announcement? So you're onto something and I appreciate it, Rick. Uh, I think I got to get on truth, social and getter, but I did need to take a step back as digitally. It was kind of, uh, I was going crazy. Uh Eddie is in the Bronx. Eddie, yes, hi.
0: Yeah. Hi, Craig. How are
6: you? Good. Good. I I think the um the US running as a Democrat, I don't know, but I I feel that it will be political suicide. It will be the beginning of the um of the end for your political career and you haven't even been started because you know, you run you you have conservative ideas and and and, and another
0: thing is that you are favorite of Trump and And you on New York, you don 't hold none of the ideals of Democrats at all, so instead of converting yourself, you're supposed to try to convert
1: others no no and no no no, no. I, I I'm sorry but there are conservative there are Democrats out there who are more conservative than certain republicans it 's just a label it 's just a way to get on the ballot i don't particularly look I do think if this city if the decline is not halted um I think they'll be ready for something radically different and new. All right? So uh, I, I don't know necessarily how to do it. And by the way, I don't care. I mean, if I decide to do it and it's one and done and I don't make – I mean, I'll, be, I'll feel bad for the city. I'll feel bad that it's going to be another term under Eric Adams. You say it's not like I want a career in politics. I do not. I don't want that i literally don't want to go to all those events and shake hands all the time i don't i'm pretty much believe it or not an introvert so i don't want all those things other people want those things you know and i'm not motivated by that i'm motivated by safety i'm motivated by restoring the legacy of my father and rudy giuliani all right so i'm not it's not about a career it's not a career move just just remember that and as far as what i what i affiliate with I'm sorry, dude. It's like banging your head against a brick wall. I'm a Republican. Let me tell you about Republican values. No. This is New York. It's 99% Democrat, and I, I think that's how I'd have to do it. I appreciate your, uh, your observations, uh, but that's what I'm thinking, okay? All right. All right. All I'll right. see you, pal. Thank you, and I'll be right back.
0: Greg Kelly, Greg Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast
1: Network. Hey, have you heard about Tom Brady, the superstar quarterback for the Buccaneers? It's kind of weird that he's with the Buccaneers, but he's still doing amazing. How old is that guy now, 50? He's pretty old uh, by football quarterback standards. Uh, And he's under fire now, of course, right? You know, of course, everybody's under fire all the time. That's what we do. Somebody says something, and then we pick it apart. Uh, But I'm going to back him up on this. He says, uh, the hardest part about being rich is raising kids and the kids are basically they're you know in a way they're spoiled everywhere they go they're treated like royalty you know they take private jets there are people uh catering to them and uh providing them with everything and uh, i i actually think he's onto something this is uh this is a long-term challenge for wealthy people um how do you teach your kids that this stuff isn't automatic that you got to work for it and then you know, do you have so much that your kids can almost rightfully expect it? You know, you're going to give it to somebody, right? You're going to give it to your kids, right? Um, that can screw things up. That can undermine uh, a work ethic. That can uh, all kinds of issues. And I think there was a, whos that guy? That's oh, uh, Mal- Malcolm Gladwell has written about this. There's There's a sweet spot. You know, you don't want too little. You don't want too much. You need just the right amount. Too much of anything is a problem. Too much privilege is a problem. Too many choices can be a problem. Too much beauty can be a problem. Too much money can be a problem. And so I kind of know. I mean, I can't. I'm, look, I don't have too much right now. And, uh, but maybe I, uh, maybe I anticipate getting a lot more. I don't know. But somehow, I, for whatever reason, I've thought about this and I've read about this. And it's a no kidding. Uh, issue for him and his family and for others who are very well to do it's not a bad problem to have it's not the worst problem i've ever heard but uh it's high stakes stuff it's high stakes stuff and also i mean not that think about being the child of uh, humphrey bogart and lauren bacall i mean wow grew up hollywood royalty there is a guy i don't know what his name is but they had a kid I think he's in Florida. I don't know what he does. Uh, I think I, I think I, I think I might be friends with him on Facebook. He's, he's a regular guy. How about being Joe DiMaggio's kid? That's got to be, you know, and um, or Frank Sinatra's kid. Oh my gosh! One of the strangest guys I've ever met in my life was Frank Sinatra Jr. I don't know what that was all about. All right, Peter's on the line. Peter in New Jersey. Friday phones in honor of Rush Limbaugh. Hi, Peter. Hey,
5: Craig, how you doing? Good. Say, uh, kudos to Amanda over there, your last caller uh, for the Mimi uh, generation that's going on right now with these kids. And you hit it on the head that some of these kids are expecting these funds. I think Shaq told his kid that he's the millionaire, not him, when he was talking to his kid.
1: Who, that? Who Shaq? Yes,
5: yeah, Shaq.
1: Yeah, yeah, he's a cool dude. I'm, I like him. Keep going.
5: Say uh, I got a serious thing that you really need to put out there. Americans are going online trying to find work and they're getting hacked to death. And I'm gonna give I'm gonna give you a scan that's going on. There's one woman that um, she she got the job, they got back to her, they sent her a check to buy computer equipment, but she had to cash the check into her account. Well once she got once she did that all
1: hell broke loose. Oh. Bottom line,
5: bottom line was
1: you lost about four dollars or $5,000. All right. You got to so, be careful out there. Don't let yourself be hacked. Hey, here's something else. If you really want a job, you know, you're looking online. Uh, you can't just rely on the online world to get the job. People, very few people do it, and it's it still works. A very important, highly placed individual gave me this advice. That the old-fashioned letter to whomever you're trying to contact at the company you want to work, uh, you should write a letter. In addition to the online application process and the LinkedIn and all that stuff. But do you ever feel when you submit an application or whatever online, it just goes into the abyss? It just kind of like, you know, who knows what the hell happens? Does anybody really get it? So uh, the old-fashioned letter works, too, and it's less hackable. Peter thank you uh all right i gotta go in a moment but first paula wants to say something about what she's in brooklyn hi
6: hi, hi. Pa- uh, hello yes you watch gavin Newsom at the white house the other day if he doesn't have the same body language as obama watch it the same exact body language
1: well, body language. What I mean, I yeah, the, body. What's his name? Obama didn't have like bizarre body language. He was like, you know, he was like thin and in shape, and he liked it. And he kind of sashayed a little bit. I guess sashayed, that's. Sashayed. That's the word. Yeah, yeah. They kind of like yeah. They're thin and they're in shape and they like it. Elegantly
6: um, sashayed,
1: baby. What?
6: what? He has an arrogant. Way of sachet. Hey,
1: listen, if I weighed 160 pounds, I might, I, I just might sashay <laughs> a little bit. All right? Sure, yeah. I'm I fine. mean, you know, but the only thing with these guys is it's only about that crap. It's only about the nonsense. They, they don't right. roll up their sleeves. They don't know anything else. Even when they think they know, like, oh, I'm a policy wonk. I love reading the briefing books. It's like, shut up. You guys do not know anything about the real world. They really don't. They're just, uh, they're dunces. They're dunces. Hey, remember Gavin Newsom sitting in that restaurant when the whole damn state was locked down and uh, he's, uh, he's sitting there maskless, kind of disgusting stuff. All right, Paula, uh, sashay. I love it. sashay, sashay. Thank you. I got to run. Oh, wait a second. What do you want to say, Murray? Murray? Yes.
5: Hey, Great. Greg, I just wanted to say, based on what you were talking about, the greatest example of somebody that has raised children, a husband, and wife, Margot and John are right upstairs on the fifth floor of your building. They're amazing. Those two children give back to society. They're wonderful people. They're they're educated. They
1: are all these things, Murray. How do you know that? How do you know them personally? You are speaking the truth, and you even know what floor they're on. What's going on, Murray? Who are you?
5: I'm just a guy who's uh, very close friends to John and Margo. But all right. I heard well, it,
1: all right. You're right about that. You're right about that, Andrea and John, John Katz, Jr. Thank, thanks, Murray. All right. Phew. We know this guy, right? Okay. I hope. Have a great weekend. I'll see you tonight at 10. Traffic
4: jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right.